welcome to the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is September 7th, Thursday. On today's Mariners cast, we will recap yesterday's 8-4 victory over the Cincinnati Reds. The Mariners managed to salvage a game in that series. They traveled to Tampa Bay to take on the vaunted Tampa Bay Rays uh, for a four-game series starting today, Thursday. On today's Mariners cast, we'll recap yesterday's game. We will talk about the Rays, the matchup. Uh, kind of what's going on with the Tampa Bay Rays this season, and then uh, preview tonight's pitching matchup, which is Luis Castillo against right-handed pitcher Zach Littell. So the Mariners are 78-61, and 61, currently one game behind the Houston Astros in the American League West. Uh, the Mariners are the second wildcard team as of right now. One and a half games up on the Toronto Blue Jays, two games up on the fading Texas Rangers, and ESPN gives the Seattle Mariners an 83.3% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, this weekend, Oakland plays at Texas. The Blue Jays host the Royals, and the Astros host the Padres. This is not favorable, obviously, for the Mariners. Mariners are going into Tampa to play a really tough Tampa Bay team, while the three teams that they are competing with for a playoff spot are uh, playing against sub-500 teams and teams that, quite honestly, just aren't very good. Uh, San Diego is a is a pretty good team, but they have very much underperformed uh, this season. On a positive note, the Astros are facing Blake Snell on Friday. Blake Snell is probably the an NL Cy Young candidate, let's say, uh, this season. Kansas City is undecided. Toronto is throwing Yusei Kikuchi on Friday. And uh, the Texas Rangers are pitching Jordan Montgomery. Oakland Athletics are pitching Paul Blackburn. So pitching matchups on Friday are uh, not great for the Mariners, other than Blake Snell against the Astros. We will see what happens. The Mariners can only focus on what they are doing in Tampa Bay. Um, but the Mariners got to really bear down and not get uh, and try to at least get a tie in this series to keep pace with the Astros. So yesterday was uh, the Mariners one eight four. Logan Gilbert took the mound for the Mariners against Lion Richardson. Lion Richardson is a hard throwing right handed rookie pitcher. Um, Logan pitched okay. He ended up going five and a third innings, seven hits, three runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. He threw 96 pitches in that five and a third. He moves to 13 and five with a 3.61 ERA. Um, Matt Brash, Gabe Spire, Justin Topa, and Andres Munoz closed out uh, the game for the Mariners. I always want to say Anthony Munoz. Every time I see A. Munoz, I want to say Anthony Munoz. I know that's uh, dating myself, but it's super funny uh, to me. So Mariners were down one nothing going into the second inning. Uh, Mike Ford hit a two-run home run in uh, the top of the second to take a 2-1 lead. Uh, this was on a 96-mile-an-hour fastball from 
Lion Richardson. I have no clue why anyone bothers throwing the fastball to Mike Ford. So he sees more breaking balls than fastballs, 41% to 39%. Against the breaking ball, he's sitting 167 with a 333 slug. And his expected batting average against the breaking ball is 134. So does not hit breaking balls, does not do any damage against breaking balls. I get that, you know, pitchers need to get ahead in the count, need to throw strikes. Lion Richardson is, you know, trying to figure stuff out as a young pitcher. But against the fastball, 277 with a 651 slug. And he faces fastballs 39% of the time. He absolutely destroys fastballs. And so every time I see him hit a home run on a fastball, I I laugh because, you know, if you can get your breaking stuff over against Mike Ford, you should be throwing him breaking stuff uh, 100% of the time. So Mike Ford hits a home run. Mariners go up 2-1. Mariners exploded in uh, the top of the fourth and scored five runs in the top of the fourth. They got a three-run home run from J.P. Crawford, a uh, solo shot from Cal Cal Raleigh and a uh, an RBI base hit from Ty France as well. Really, the offensive stars in uh, in this game were you know Crawford hit the three run homer. Cal Raleigh went three for four with a home run. Ty France went two for three, two runs and two RBIs and two walks. And Mike Ford hit that two two run home run. So I really. I think the positive offensively for the Mariners in this particular game is that the Mariners got contributions from players besides Julio Rodriguez and Teoscar Hernandez. The offense was carried by players other than those two. And that to me is a very positive sign despite Julio going over five. Um, he's going to need help and he's going to have games where he doesn't hit. And this is the formula for the Mariners to succeed is to have contributions from elsewhere. So nice job by those players. Um, one other or a couple other notes offensively, Teo Hernandez uh, went two for four and extended his hitting streak to 15 games. This tied his career high. Uh, he didn't really do any damage with those two hits, but he continues to hit his triple slash is now 269, 314, 466. You're looking at a 780 OPS with the potential to get to over 800. Um, as I said on uh, the Mariners cast with Ty Dane Gonzalez, I truly hope the Mariners re-sign Teo Hernandez to a shorter-term, higher AAV type of contract uh, this offseason. One other offensive note, uh, Dominic Canzone looked pretty bad against a couple of change-ups that were way outside in the top of the first and the top of the third. He chased um, a couple of 88 mile an hour changeups from Lion Richardson. Both were uh, outside of the zone. I'm not sure if he wasn't picking it up, what was going on there, but he rolled over one that was way outside and above the belt in the top of the first and grounded out four three. And then top three with two runners on, there was uh, Richardson threw him another 88 mile an hour changeup that was bottom rail, but still outside of the zone, and he grounded into a 4-6-3 double play. So Canzone trying to um, pull outside change-ups is, is not a good look. Um, I think that that his pitch recognition and plate discipline is something that uh, it needs to be watched. We know he hits the ball really hard. 
Um, but that type of chase is is not a good sign moving forward. I get that he's a young hitter, but it's something to work on and something to watch as a fan. Um, if you think or watch it to see if, if he is going to reach his full potential as far as his, you know, hard hit metrics go and whatnot, he's going to have to be a more disciplined hitter and not chase changeups like that. On the pitching side, uh, Logan, as I said, went five and a third, seven hits, three runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. I think he he threw more fastballs in this game than he uh, typically does percentage-wise. I would assume that with the 7-1 lead, Logan Gilbert decided to start kind of pumping fastballs and try to induce some contact. Uh, the fastball was up a mile an hour over his yearly average. His spin was up. He induced four four whiffs on 19 swings on the fastball. Uh, the slider spin was up 159 RPMs. He got five whiffs on 12 swings. The splitter was splitting uh, five whiffs on nine swings. Even the uh, knuckle curve, he got three whiffs on five swings. So 38% whiff rate for Logan Gilbert is much higher than his yearly average. Um, he had good stuff today or yesterday. And uh, you see that in the strikeout numbers. He did only give the Mariners five and a third innings, but obviously with the lead, um, he he got the win and he kept the Mariners more than kept the Mariners in the game. So Matt Brash comes in, gets the whole two thirds of an inning, surrenders one hit, uh, nothing really of note. Slider velocity was down. Knuckle curve velocity was down. Might've been intentional because the forcing fastball velocity was just slightly up. So I don't know if it was an arm thing or not. Uh, he only threw one four seamer. So it's a, too small of a sample set to judge. But again, I'm monitoring both Brash and Munoz every outing uh, to make sure that they're healthy because to me, they don't look particularly healthy. Uh, Munoz came in in the ninth, one inning, a hit, a run, a walk, two strikeouts. He surrendered a home run to Will Benson, left-handed uh, power speed guy that the Reds acquired from the Cleveland Guardians, former first round pick of the Guardians a number of years back. Uh, Benson's home run was on an 88-mile-an-hour slider that was just poorly located. First pitch in this at-bat was 99, belt high, outer rail, strike one, called strike one. Second pitch was a 90-mile-an-hour slider that was low and in, below the zone, that uh, Benson swung over. And the third the third pitch was an 88-mile-an-hour slider that I would assume Munoz was trying to backdoor because that's where it ended up being located, but it was just above the belt, outer rail, and um, Benson hit it out for a home run. So poorly located pitch, especially 0-2. You would expect if the Mariners were calling for a slider 0-2, he was either going to throw it way outside or try to um, backfoot Will Benson with that slider, kind of similarly to what he did in pitch number two. Uh, he clearly does not, he just doesn't have a feel for the slider right now and it's impacting him everywhere. But that said, eight fastballs, seven sliders, seven sinkers, five whiffs on nine swings. Velocity was up about a half mile an hour on everything. Spin was up. Um, so those are good signs from Munoz. I think that the one pitch that he threw to Benson that he hit out was just poorly located and poorly executed. Mariners win 8-4. Once again, Mariners are one game behind the Astros in the AL West. Mariners are currently the second wild card. 
Uh, travel after this game to Tampa Bay. No rest for the weary taking on Tampa Bay today at 340. Uh, the Rays are good. The Rays just do Rays types of things. They are 85 and 55. They are three and a half games behind the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they are the first wild card. The Rays have a plus 188 run differential, which is pretty nuts. Um, They're scoring 5.33 runs per game, which is fourth in baseball. The Mariners, for context, are 10th. Triple slash um, is slightly better than the Mariners across the board, but not egregiously so. They've hit 15 more home runs than the Mariners. They run a lot more than the Mariners. They've stolen 42 more bases. They are second in baseball with 149 steals. Uh, they walk. Tampa Bay walks slightly less than the Mariners. They strike out slightly less than the Mariners. Their WRC plus is second in baseball as a team at 117. The Mariners are sixth at 109. Uh, so Tampa Bay has a better, slightly better offense. They did really explode at the beginning of the season offensively. And I think that that huge uh, opening to the season really did uh, kind of prop these numbers up a bit. They've come back down to earth uh, over the course of the rest of the season. They've also lost, as most of you know, Wander Franco, who is their star or was their star offensive player. Franco is under investigation for um, basically uh, – dating underage women in uh, the Dominican. He is suspended currently from baseball. Wander Franco was their one big signing a number of years back um, to a huge contract uh, extension. He, in 112 games this season, 22 years old, 112 games this season before he was suspended, 17 homers, 30 steals, 281, 344 on base, 475 slug, a 126 WRC plus at shortstop, and he was worth four and a half Fangraphs war already. Um, very clearly their best offensive player, very clearly their most valuable player. Um, so I bring this up only because I give the the Tampa Bay uh, team offensive statistics, and you have to take that with a grain of salt because Wander Franco is no longer with the team. Um there are, that said, there are some very good hitters. Uh, their lineup currently, Yandy Diaz is, is hitting th- uh, 320 with a 400 o- OBP and a 498 slug. He has 18 home runs. Um, he leads off and plays first base. Brandon Lau, power hitting second baseman, hits second. Isak Paredes has been great, uh, 28 homers. He was uh, stolen from the Tigers. Uh, I believe for Austin Meadows, if I'm not mistaken, he hits third. Randy Orozarena hits fourth, 21 homers, 21 steals, hitting 256. Josh Lau hits fifth. Um, right fielder, left-handed hitter, 18 homers, 28 steals from Lau. Uh, or low. Is it Josh Lowe? Brandon Lau. That's right. Jose Siri hits sixth. Really uh, elite defensive center fielder, right-handed hitter. 25 homers, 11 steals from Siri. So you see they've got a lot of power speed guys um, who have put up very big numbers this season. Taylor Walls hits sixth or seventh. He is their shortstop. 
Walls has 21 stolen bases, 12.5% walk rate. Luke Rayleigh, their DH, hits eighth. Rayleigh, 18 homers, 14 steals, and a 493 slug. And then Rene Pinto is their current starting catcher. Uh, he's not in there to hit. But um, you, as you can see, very, very good offense. Their bench, uh, Christian Bethancourt at catcher. Uh, Orovis Basabe, an infielder that they brought up just recently. Uh, Jonathan Aranda, a pretty good prospect, infield prospect, good hitter. Vidal Brujan, um, uh, kind of a once a top prospect, now not getting a lot of scratch with the with the Tampa Bay Rays, but still a talented player. And then Held Ramirez, right-handed bat, outfielder, first baseman. He's had a very good season. Um hitting 300 with a 434 slug. So good offense. You look at those names, you don't see a bunch of stars that pop off, but the minute you see those stats, you realize, all right, this is actually a very good hitting team. Uh, Mariners have their work cut out for them pitching wise. Uh, In their lineup currently, there's three left-handed bats um, and a switch hitter, uh, pretty balanced. As you know, the Mariners starters have pretty uh, defined splits uh favoring the Mariners versus right-handed hitters. Pitching wise, it's well documented they have suffered a ton of pitching injuries. Uh Shane Boz, their top pitching prospect, um, has been out for a long time. Uh Shane McClanahan, Tommy John surgery. McClanahan, you could argue, is probably a top three, top five starter in the American League. Drew Rasmussen. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, left-handed starter. So they have four starting pitchers on the injured list who would be in their rotation um, if not injured. Jason Adam, a top reliever, is on the injured list. Uh, Garrett Clevenger as well, left-handed reliever. So six major pitching injuries. And despite that, Taylor Glasnow, Zach Littell, Taj Bradley, Aaron Savali, who they acquired from the Guardians, and Zach Eflin, make a very good rotation. Um, Great relievers as well. Pete Fairbanks is a very good closer. A lot of good right-handed relief options. So it's going to be tough. Uh, Tampa really does match the Mariners pitching-wise in many ways. Their team ERA is 3.80. That's third in baseball. The Mariners lead baseball with a 3.72 ERA. Both teams have a 1.18 whip. Uh, Tampa's walk rate, 7.5% versus Seattle, 6.7. And then Tampa's K rate, 24.6 versus the Mariners, 24.2. So they match pitching-wise. They're slightly better hitting-wise. But again, you take away their best offensive player uh, in Wander Franco, and that kind of brings their offense down to the Mariners' level. So at least numerically speaking, when you look player for player, uh, very evenly matched teams. Both teams have very good bullpens. I think the Mariners have slightly better starting pitching, um, but are also relying upon two rookies who have, uh, you know, can be inconsistent. And offensively, the Rays have a deeper lineup. The Mariners have more star power. So again, amazing matchup, uh, between these two teams, uh, Tonight, or this afternoon, it is Luis Castillo against Zach Littell. Castillo is 11-7 with a 3-1-9 ERA and a 103 whip. 
Uh, of note, he has thrown 169 in the third innings, and I was interested in how many innings he's thrown, the most innings he's thrown in a year. That was in 2019 with the Reds. He threw 190.2. Um, he's probably going to surpass that number, uh, but interesting to watch, see if fatigue is at all a part of um, Luis Castillo's narrative moving forward. Uh, as you know, very good walk rate, very good K rate, very high swinging strike rate, very good whiff rate. Just Castillo's been nails. Uh, chase contact is over 8% less than league average. Um, you expect Luis Castillo to pitch well. You expect him to compete. Uh, the Mariners are going to need a big outing from him against this Rays team to start this series. Zach Littell is a, I guess you could call him a converted starter. He was a reliever in the Giants system uh, prior to being acquired by the Rays. Um, he was, interestingly, he was drafted by the Mariners in 2013. Uh, in the 11th round, he was a part of the Minnesota Twins organization for a while. He moved to the Giants, and he's now a part of the Rays organization. He also spent a little bit of time with the Yankees um, organization. So Littell is um, right-handed. He does not strike out a ton of guys. He doesn't walk a ton of guys. Really does pitch to contact. 6'4", 220. So far this season, 3-4 and four with the 4'6", 9 ERA and a one two six whip. The one two six whip is lowish because he surrendered eight walks in 63 innings. He does surrender a lot of hits. Um, he's given up four runs in each of his last three starts. Walk rate is in the 99th percentile at 3%, but his whiff rate is in the 10th percentile at 19.8%. Uh, right-handers hit him much better than left-handers so far this season. 312 average with an 840 OPS for righties. Lefties hit 244 with a 695 OPS. So I find that split interesting. I would assume um, that much of this is, so he throws more sliders against righties than fastballs. It, the slider might, I haven't watched him pitch, but I'm assuming the slider is, has not been a very effective pitch for him against right-handers. He throws four-seamer, slider, and some sweepers to right-handers, mixes in a couple of splitties and sinkers as well. Versus lefties, it's four-seamer slider and split finger almost exclusively. Uh, only two pitches above a 20% whiff rate. That's the split finger and the sweeper. So like I said, not a strikeout pitcher um, so far this season, really pitching to contact. I would expect the Mariners to be able to um, do some damage against Littell. Bats probably come out swinging because he does have very good uh, control and command. He's not going to go deep into the game. Um, he hasn't gone more than six innings in any start this season. Uh, I'm sure the Rays are looking for five or six from him. But this is a game where those right-handed bats in the Mariners lineup need to do damage and do damage quickly. It's Julio, right? It's Tailscar. It's Ty France. Um, it's the big guns that that are going to need to produce and uh, produce early. You would like to see the Mariners get deep into this Tampa Bay Rays bullpen early to set the tone for the rest of the series. If they can do that, it puts a lot of pressure on their pitching staff um, for the rest of the series. So 
Castillo against Littell today, George Kirby against TBD on Friday at 340. It's Brian Wu against Aaron Savali on Saturday at 105. Um, Savali was acquired for uh, first base prospect Kyle Manzardo from the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Savali is a very good pitcher. Mariners going to need to see Wu come out and um, and pitch well. And then Sunday at 10-10, it's Bryce Miller against Zach Eflin. Eflin was their big free agent um, signee this last offseason. Uh, he had pitched for the Phillies previously. He's pitched very well uh, for the Rays, very, very well. Probably a down-ballot Cy Young um, candidate potentially. But Bryce Miller, as we know, can come out and uh, – and fire five, five or six shutout innings uh, at any given time. So pitching matchups are interesting. The Mariners did avoid Tyler Glass now in this series. Uh, it looks like that is a huge boost to the Mariners' chances. Glass now, um, the off-injured Tyler Glass now, when he is on and is healthy, um, is a dominant starter. So should be fun. Um, you... Obviously, the Mariners are fatigued. We know that, but they've got to find the reserve somewhere and ratchet up the intensity for this series because they are facing a very tough Tampa Bay Rays team who they may see in the playoffs. Um, I would expect the Stars to rise to the occasion. Uh, look for Teo, JP, Julio, obviously, to really step up, and they're going to need good pitching because the bullpen has not been um, very good over the last couple of weeks. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Sunday is going to be a blast. I know for me on one TV, I will have the Mariners on another TV. I will have uh, football, NFL football on red zone at 10, certainly the Seahawks at 125. Going to be a great weekend. Super, super, super fun. Um, One of the last, I think, warm weather weekends for me, I'll be cooking good food, celebrating my father. who loved football and and loved baseball and loved to eat. So this should be a good time. Super excited. Appreciate the listen. We will be back tomorrow to talk about today's game uh, and any other Mariners news that pops up. Thank you for listening to today's Mariners cast. This was the 83rd Mariners cast. We are presented by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That is T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0 in the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care, y'all. Appreciate it. Enjoy. Peace.